Nom Nom delivers fresh food with whole ingredients, backed by veterinarian science. Science tells us that a dog's health starts in the bowl. So, improving their diet is one of the best ways to help them live a long and happy life. Nom Nom's food is full of proteins your dog loves and the vitamins and nutrients they need to thrive. All you have to do is order, pour, and serve. Ready to make the switch to fresh? Order Nom Nom today. Go to https colon slash slash trinom.com forward slash curveball and get 50% off your first order plus free shipping. That's https colon slash slash t-r-y-n-o-m dot com forward slash curveball. Plus, Nom Nom comes with a money back guarantee. If your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. Welcome to the Living the Dream podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Hello and welcome to another episode of Living the Dream with Curveball. I am your host, Curveball, and today I am joined by former civil engineer. He is now an author, a real estate investor, as well as a podcaster. So today we're going to be talking about real estate investment. Lane Kawaoka, Lane. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, thanks for having me. Aloha, everybody. Straight from Hawaii. Why don't you start off by giving people a little bit of background about yourself, anything you might want them to know before we get started? Yeah, currently I own 4,500 rental units. Uh, We focus on apartment buildings in the South and Southeast, a lot of Texas, Alabama, Georgia, Arizona. And uh, we kind of focus on this sector called workforce housing. So rents between 700 bucks to 1400 bucks. But, you know, I think what we're trying to do and help people get started, right? I mean, it took me a a while to get to where I'm at. Um, I started investing in 2009. Um, I kind of grew up on this linear path of uh, they told me to go to school, get a good job. I eventually became an engineer and uh, buy a house to live in, which I don't necessarily think is a great idea for most people. Um, but that's what I went and did, kind of just following what they tell you to do. And I bought that house to live in. I started to rent it out. And I found that the, t- the monthly mortgage was $1,600 a month. The rents were $2,200 a month. And to a young 20-something-year-old kid, that was a lot of beer money. And I realized that that was my ticket out of the rat race. Okay, so let's talk about what what made you want to rent it out after having such a successful career, and then you get this house, and now you're you're renting it out. And what made you want to do that and and get started into real estate? Yeah, so I was like an accidental landlord, is what they they called um, folks like myself, where you know we bought a house to live in. I was never home because I was traveling all the time for work as, you know, a lot of young professionals, you're kind of the person they stick out there as the road warrior. So I was only home on Saturdays 
because I was traveling all the time throughout the week. And I thought that was a little, little silly. You know, I think like how some people rent out their cars, right? They, they know that are underutilized on Turo these days. So I, I think that's where the initial idea came from. Um, but then, you know, I, I fell in love with the cash flow, right? The making money by not doing anything, passive income. Um, that was where I realized that, you know, I just did the math and I realized, well, it would take me a little while, but if I just keep buying more and more rentals, I would be able to replace my salary and then, you know, grow it a lot more after that. So that's where kind of things start to take off. So when you say that you don't think it's a good idea for a person to buy a house, why not? Because rent is generally higher than a mortgage and when you have a mortgage you own where you stay but renting you don't own it and there's there's things that you can and can't do while you're renting so why don't you think it's a good idea for people to purchase a home if they can well i mean yeah that's you know i think that's why i do what i do right there's a lot of financial advice out like out there just like that that is not true um what it comes down to frankly is if you bought rental properties that made you money, you're going to be making a lot more money than if you just have your money sitting in your house with as dead equity floating up with the pace of inflation. Um, when I bought my first rental property, I realized that I was growing my money at 20, 30% at least every year. Um, because when you're a, a, a landlord or investor, you're making money four ways, the cash flow, right? The, the difference between the mortgage and the, the rental income, which is the first way. The second way is the tax benefits, which are a lot stronger when you're the investor. Um, thirdly is the mortgage pay down that your tenant is paying down for you, which you don't get when you're a homeowner. You're paying down the mortgage yourself. You're working for that. Or in this case, the tenant's paying down that for you. So you're getting that equity growth there. And lastly, you know, when you own more and more rental properties, you get more and more properties that you have the potential for appreciation for, which you only get that when you, um, you know, on that one rental, one, on that one primary residence that you have. Um, you know, people don't believe me, go to my website, simplepassivecashflow.com slash returns. I do a little whiteboard exercise where I kind of show you the math, right? But when you just own your, ha- your home, I mean, don't just think about it like, oh, you know, rent's just throwing money down the tube. Whether you you own or you rent, you're going to have to put money to your housing. Um, it's just one way or the other. When you buy rental properties, you're making money different ways. And at the end of the day, your, your net worth is growing faster. That's essentially what it is. But there's, you know, I, I think, you know, if you follow the Susie Orman, Dave Ramsey, mainstream advice out there a lot of those people are talking to those who are financially you know young where they are bad at they just can't can't seem to keep their spending under control and then for those people which maybe i would argue are most people in this world they need a house to buy so that's a force piggy bank a savings account for them because they have to pay that monthly mortgage but the people I work with are, you know, usually higher paid professionals. They're usually fiscally responsible. Therefore, they should kind of uh, just take the money and invest it instead. So when you started purchasing your rental properties, how were you able to afford to do it? Did you 
take out loans or did you use the money that you were making off some of them to get other ones? Yeah. So I had a good paying day job, right? Professional salary. And, and you know, if folks are making less than 40, 50,000 a year, it's just going to take you a little bit longer or you got to focus on getting a better job. I mean, this is not a get rich quick scheme the way I do it. You're going to need 20% down payments. Um, so when I was first started, I was very frugal with my money, able to put away a lot of money from my paycheck, which I went directly into investments and didn't go to cars, jet skis, or fancy vacations. Um, and, you know, if people don't, can't save, you know, five to 10, $20,000 a year. Um, I'm probably not the person to kind of follow. There's a myriad of different strategies out there for real estate that, are geared towards people with no money. I just don't do that, right? I kind of focus on this cash flow, passive investing angle. But to do that, you need money to invest. Well, let's talk about your strategy, break it down and explain it to people. So if anybody's interested, they know exactly what they expect when they deal with Lane. Yeah. So again, this is kind of more for the folks who have some money, you know, at least twenty to $30,000 saved because you're gonna to need to put down the 20% down payment and maybe have some extra money for down, uh, closing costs. And just in case, you know, mishap happens here or there. Um, what we're doing here is we're focusing on buying properties at cash flow, where we're looking for from a real, you know, first step, we're trying to find properties where the rent to value ratio is 1% or higher. So you find the rent to value ratio by taking the monthly rent divided by the purchase price. So for example, a lot of times we'll focus on buying properties that are $100,000 that rent for $1,000 a month. So doing the math there, 1,000 divided by 100 grand is 1%. Again, we need something that's 1% or higher. For a lot of folks living in places like Seattle, all of California, in fact, uh, Hawaii, New York, Boston, you're not gonna find places that are better than that 1% rent to value ratio. Those are what we call primary markets and it just isn't going to work for you. You're going to need to go to more places like secondary and tertiary markets, such as Birmingham, Atlanta, Indianapolis, Kansas City, Memphis, Little Rock, Jacksonville, Florida, places like that. They're not the sexiest place to live, but they have good numbers there where you can cash flow. And you know, if people haven't caught on yet, you know, this is very a little counterintuitive, right? Most people invest for appreciation but we're different. We don't invest for appreciation. I feel like that is gambling. Yes, places like in Seattle and Hawaii and California tend to go up, but I, you know, we just, we invest more off the monthly cash flow. So you mentioned in your bio how your parents didn't have such a good experience with the stock market. So you would even insist that people do your way of investing over the stock market. Right. Correct. I mean, you know, like I said, when I bought that first rental property, I did the math and I was making 20, 30% on my money every year. And it wasn't that great of an investment. You know, I didn't know very much. I wasn't as experienced as I was a year or two later. But I look at like what, I, what my money was in the stock market and mutual funds that everybody says they're supposed to do. And I started to realize like, hey, I'm making like 20, 30% here, and then 8 to 10% here, what the heck, right? And this is where, this is what's wrong with this financial world. There's all these like Wall Street type of products where they're just robbing people blind, blind and they're 
robbing the hardworking middle class of America with these 401ks, these mutual funds, they're just in a bunch of more retail products. And it's kind of similar to like, you know, buying a pair of Nikes at Newman Markets or Nordstrom, right? It's just going to be more expensive there. It's the same product. But when you start to invest on your own, you get off of the beaten path, um, you start to recover a lot of those hidden fees. You know, there's just a bunch of middlemen taking your money, essentially, taking, robbing your retirement. Well, you're definitely right about that. You're, an, you're also an author, so talk about your books. Talk about what they entail and what people can expect when they purchase. Yeah, I mean, so I kind of work with a lot of high-paid working professionals. And, you know, that's just kind of where I came from as an engineer. The reason why I focus there, you know, these are the people kind of pushing this country forward, right? It's, it's the people paying their more than their fair share of taxes, um, and it's the people that are, you know, blindly putting money into 401ks and mutual funds and other retail type of investment products that ultimately is just making Wall Street rich. Every, you know, everything out there is this financial dogma that makes, um, you know, Wall Street money. Um, buying a house to live in is another example, right? I think at some point when your net worth is higher, maybe a million or two or above, that's when the point where you buy a house certainly do finance it, right? But if you do it in the beginning, like most young families do, you're going to handcuff yourself and get yourself into a big mortgage and not be able to invest, right? Which is what you really need to be doing, especially in the beginning. Um, and so there's just a lot of, you know, bad financial advice out there. And, you know, most of my clients, if they're able to buy a rental property and another the next year, then another maybe one or two years from now, it quickly accelerates, a lot of people doing the cash flow investing program are able to get financially free in maybe five to 10 years, right? And I think this is where I realized like, you know, this is where the system is engineered against us. And it just takes a little bit of education and, and, you know, effective action to kind of free yourself up and get out of the system because essentially, we're all just a bunch of cattle getting taken to the slaughterhouse on a 40 to 50 year time frame. You know, we know what's going to happen if you keep investing in the stock market and mutual funds at 8 to 10%. I mean, it's math, right? But you can get off the beaten path a little bit, educate yourself and to go into investments on your own and start to invest for higher returns. And in fact, I think even more secure assets backed by real estate. To me, it's a no brainer. We've heard about your successes in investing in everything that you've been involved in, but what are some of your mistakes and failures and what did you do to correct those so you don't make them again and you can help others not make the same mistakes? Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly haven't made too many mistakes because I don't really take chances. I mean, we buy properties that cash flow on a month-to-month basis. Sometimes there's a big repair here or there. But that's what the cash reserves are for and why we kind of run these, try and run these properties and we don't buy them unless it's cash flow positive, even with all these mishaps taken into account in conservative underwriting. Um, I would say the only times that I've kind of messed up is when I've invested with the wrong people. So therefore, my advice there is to get around other passive investors and, you know, work with offer referrals only. Um, don't just invest off people who are out there on the internet, right? Invest 
with people after you have built up a relationship with somebody else who's actually invested with somebody who's had a, had a good experience. Do you, do you have any other projects that you're working on? Any any upcoming projects? And uh, talk about your podcast as well. Yeah, so I got a new book coming out. Um, probably hit the shelves in a couple of months. Um, probably you, People could probably get a... Uh, electronic copy for free if they go to my website simplepassivecashflow.com but we have a lot of you know free guides on there my podcast I began it in 2016 and in the beginning I was talking about buying a lot of like remote rental turnkey properties um, which are a great way to people get started um, you know I created the podcast because a lot of my friends were asking me well how are you buying all these properties where you don't even visit it you know you don't even see the property and, you know, I kind of just explained how I did it in a lot of those beginning podcasts. Uh, lately, I've been becoming more of an accredited investor. So investing in private placements and syndications and started to discover more secrets of the wealthy, which have been more of the later podcasts. But if people are interested, go check out my podcast, Simple Passive Cashflow, Passive Investing, and then check out all the free resources at simplepassivecashflow.com. You mentioned something interesting you've bought properties that you haven't even visited how how would you do that or why why would you do that i know if i'm purchasing something i want to kind of check it out to make sure everything's okay with it and that people have not messed it up how were you able to do that and do it successfully or did you have any problems when you were doing it well, I mean, you're trying to hire, you know, bring people on your team, such as a good real estate broker um, to kind of help you find the right property that is local, that visits the property for you. You also have a bunch of redundancy here. You have a property manager who should know that area, know what it's going to rent for, spot check it for you, have a conversation with you on, you know, if it's going to be a good rental property in a good area. Thirdly, you know, how are you going to check if it, you're not buying a lemon, right? Well, one way is getting a third property inspector to go and walk the property for you and do the full due diligence report for you. That usually costs about 400, 500 bucks for them to do. Um, and that anybody who bought a, a property to live in kind of knows how that process is. No different than we're buying a rental property. Um, when you're financing these properties, the bank is going to do their due diligence on their side with the title research and everything, make sure you're buying a property with clear title. Um, but yeah, essentially, you know, we're buying commodities, right? These aren't res like nice homes to live in. These are commodities that are rented from anywhere from $700 to $1,200 a month. Um, really, I mean, a lot of times the investor, I mean, the investor's job is to pull the advice and input from all these team members, property managers, brokers, uh, real estate inspectors. Are you on social media? How can people connect with you other than your website? Yeah, they can go to uh, simplepassivecashflow.com and um, you know check out the material there and then also join the investor club on that webpage. Do you have any final thoughts? Uh, no, get started, guys. I mean, you know what's going to happen if you keep investing in the Wall Street products, the 401ks, mutual funds. I'm just going to get what everybody else gets. If that's cool with you and you want to keep working for 40, 50 more years to your 60, 70, 80, um, then just keep, keep in your comfort zone. But, you know, when you invest, I mean, we're not, I definitely don't think 
flipping houses and wholesaling houses is the thing for people with some money to invest. And I also think it's a lot more risky. Um, I think everybody can be a passive buy and hold investor. You just need a little bit of money um, to get started with a down payment, the 20% down payment. But it's not a get rich quick thing, but it's a get rich uh, surely thing. Ladies and gentlemen, Lane Kawaoka. Lane, thank you so much for joining me today. And listeners, please be sure to follow, rate, review, and share after listening. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream. dream.